Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Well, guys, would you grab your Bibles and turn to the very first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, and we're going to be in chapter 1, where it begins. The story of the New Testament starts off with the introduction of Jesus. This is one of my favorite things to share, is the message about our Lord, the gift of Jesus to the world. Now, the Gospel of Matthew was written by one of Jesus' disciples, and he was Jewish, and his audience that he writes to is also Jewish. So for all of you that have Jewish friends, you're wondering, how do I share things about Jesus with them? Start with the book of Matthew. I mean, the very first book of the New Testament is perfect for sharing with somebody who's Jewish because it begins with a genealogy of Jesus. In the Jewish culture, there was prophecies given to the Jews, repeated, that said God would bring the Messiah through this Jewish lineage. But it started from Abram, who got his name changed to Abraham, Father Abraham. And he is called the father of the faith, Abraham is. And he begat Isaac. Begat means that's the old King James for the dad of this person and then the dad of that person. The one who had this kid and then had that kid, had that kid, all the way down through the generations, starting from Adam all the way to Christ. The genealogy of Jesus is the first topic of the New Testament. Now, why would Matthew point out Jesus' lineage? The reason this is important is because God repeated his promise of a Savior. In each of these generations, you know, it's not new news to the Jews that God is going to send a Savior. In fact, they knew it. They were already aware of it. And over in Luke's Gospel, when this guy, King Herod, has a visitation by these wise men. The wise men come and they say, where is the one who's born king of the Jews? And Herod went to the religious guys and says, where does it say the king of the Jews is supposed to be born? And so the religious guys, they got out the scriptures, they read the scriptures. And what town was it? Bethlehem, house of bread. That's what it translates to. John calls Jesus in his epistle, the bread of life which has come down out of heaven. The bread of life, just coincidentally, was born where? At the house of bread. Do you think that was a riddle? I mean, talk about in your face, like, wink, God going, see, I got you. And the Lord does this all the time. He does these little winks because he was making his promise come to life for these people. By the time it gets to Matthew, Matthew's like, you wouldn't believe it. This this is what God promised. He did. In fact, in the Gospel of Matthew, there's a line that Matthew repeats over and over. He says, this is what the Lord did. You know, he'll tell the story. In order that the scripture might be fulfilled. He keeps doing it over and over. And so it's like the key that unlocks the Gospel of Matthew. You want to have fun and read the Gospel of Matthew and find out how many things did Jesus fulfill? Now, to a Jew who already knows these promises... To them, it's like a wonderful unlocking of answers that they've been waiting for. Matthew is just going, look at this one, what Jesus did. Unlock that door. Look at this one, what he did. Jesus undid this one. Jesus did this. In order that the scripture may be fulfilled. He kept doing it over and over and over. 
Now, when we come together at this time of year and celebrate this wonderful gift of the bread of life coming to be born at the house of bread, that's a real kind of God's way of winking to the Jews. See, guys, I'm answering. Well, we have Jewish friends. They know the promises because it's been told to them. Look, it was told to our forefathers, to their forefathers, to their forefathers. And if some Gentile guy should show up and say, I'm the Savior, you know, I'm the Christ, you know what they would do, right? Poopah, no way. They will not accept a Gentile, a non-Jewish person, as the Messiah because they know the promises were made. God said, through this lineage will I bring my Savior, my Son. And it was a sign to them so they would know. When Herod had those wise men visit, and he sent the religious guy, said, go find out where is he to be born? Who is this guy? They didn't go, well, I don't know. They went right to the scriptures, came back and said, right here, you, O Bethlehem, the least amongst the clans, you're going to be the one God is going to choose. Well, let me show you what, after the genealogy gets given, Matthew, I'm not going to go through the genealogy, I hope you don't mind. You can read that for extra credit. I want you to jump ahead with me to verse 18 when we come to the birth of our Lord. It reads like this. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they had come together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he considered this, it says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place. What was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. He says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God's presence with us. That's what Emmanuel means. And Joseph arose from his sleep and did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took her as his wife. And he kept her a virgin till she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, if you're not familiar with Jewish culture, the beginning said that Jesus... His birth was as follows. His mother, Mary, in verse 18, was betrothed to Joseph. We have a thing we call engagement. They got engaged. Oh, wow, they're engaged to be married. In Jewish culture, they have engagement, but it's engagement on steroids. And which, by the way, I think we would do well to copy them. Let me explain why I say this, because they called it betrothal, not engagement. Betrothal meant promised to that person or actually pledged as husband and wife in certain ways um, with all of the responsibilities, pay all of her bills, take care of her. He doesn't get to live with her. She lives with her father under her father's roof. But to show his sincerity to take care of this girl, he pays everything it costs for her living for an entire year. This betrothal period is like kind of like a proving out period. 
how would this work if we did this in America? I mean, if, if you really want the girl in the Jewish culture back then, you had to, you had to man up. Basically, that's the best way I can say it. You had to like step up and say, look, I'm willing to take care of her, pay whatever it costs for her bills, do everything to show that I will be able to take care of her when she comes under my roof. And she doesn't, by the way, doesn't come under your roof until after they have the whole wedding ceremony and everything. And if you were to like sleep with them before you're married and she got pregnant, that's a huge disgrace. Now, Joseph is in the betrothal period, which means he's already paying the, what we call like a dowry. It's kind of weird. The dowry got paid up front. It was like, here, we're paying, you know, the cost of the stuff. And here, I give it to you now. And he's paying along. And I don't know how you guys would feel, but if you were doing this, you're paying for your future bride to the father-in-law. And you're waiting through this whole waiting period until the coming day of the wedding. And by the way, it's always a minimum of a year. So you get a chance to really get to know your future in-laws and all of the things, you know, and they get to know you. And and all of this goes on during this period. And you were to find out that the girl was pregnant, that you had betrothed. Oh, by the way, Joseph, it says, was a righteous man, right? Righteous means he did what was right in God's standing. So Joseph knew, if no one else knew, Joseph knew he did not sleep with her. Even if everyone else might have thought he did because Mary now was found to be with child, Joseph's like, I didn't do it. And this is the intro to the birth of Jesus. I mean, besides his genealogy proving his lineage to all those forefathers that got that same promise repeated to them, this is the guy who God chose to play dad on earth. Not heavenly father, but earthly father to the son of God. Now, Joseph knew the Jewish law and if the girl was found to be with child, and Joseph, knowing it wasn't his baby, Joseph knew what the law state. What did the law state would happen to that woman? She'd be stoned. They would stone her to death. When it came to no hanky-panky rule, they had it down. No putting the cart before the horse. You wait till you're married, and then you can be together, but not before. Now, Joseph, it says, being a righteous man, Listen to this. Verse 19 says, Joseph, her husband. Now you say, why does it say her husband, even though he's not, you know, they haven't had the wedding day? Because that's how serious they call betrothal. You get to wear the title of husband without the benefits. All the responsibilities, but you got to wait for the week of the wedding, you know, after the ceremony. That's when you get to have the perks. But until then, you get to man up. And it says here, he's already considered her husband in the Jewish culture because he's betrothed to her. And it says, and being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, he could have just brought it out to the public attention and said, hey, everybody, I didn't do this. Someone else did this. You get the real religious snooty snoots involved and they would have taken her out and stoned her to death. But Joseph, not wanting to disgrace Mary, it says he desired to put her away secretly. Then it says, Joseph, verse 20, but when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. 
For that which is within her is from the Holy Spirit. It's not a man, a man that did this, Joseph. It's the Holy Ghost. Now, when we read the Gospel, Luke says the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and she became with child. The Lord tells Joseph with an angel, an angel's got to visit him. Now, the angel said, this child, verse 21, that she shall bear will be a son. And you will call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. His name is Jesus. In Hebrew, Yehovah Shua, or contracted down as Yahshua. In English, they, they pronounce it Joshua. That's from the Hebrew. Yahshua is Yah for Yahweh, the, the name of the Lord. And Shua in Hebrew is salvation. The Lord's salvation is what Jesus' name means. Can you imagine when he was little? He's on the playground. They say, what's your name? The Lord's salvation. Really, come on, quit clowning with us. What's really your name? Um, the Lord's salvation. You think that that was another cryptic clue? Who are you? God's salvation. And uh, where were you born? In the house of bread. And what was that moniker they gave you? The bread of, of life? Oh yeah, bread of life. Born at the house of bread. Just happens to be called by translation of his name, God's salvation. It's literally the Lord's salvation. The angel told Joseph, Mary is going to have a son. This is before ultrasounds. How do you know it was going to be a boy? 50-50? No. 100-100. He's an angel sent from the Lord. I'm telling you, that which is within her came from the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost, of the Most High, from God. That's not from a man. Don't worry. And I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was Joseph, I'd be thinking, um... Could you repeat that again? Just to make, I want to make sure I heard what you said. And he says, and that is within her. That boy is going to be called the Lord's salvation. For he will save his people from their sins. Here comes the Savior. Now it says, all this took place. That what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin shall be with child. Isaiah, this is Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 7. About in the middle there, around 14, 15. Why does the New Testament lead off with that, do you think? This story about Mary not having had relations with Joseph, but yet she's with child? Like, okay, great. What's the big deal? But if you're Jewish, is the prophet Isaiah a big, you know, kind of to-do guy in, the, in their who's who of their spiritual roster yeah he's in the category what they call the major prophets ezekiel isaiah jeremiah these guys are lumped into their scriptures in one grouping they have the major prophets they have the minor prophets the little you know just short little books in our scriptures we have 10 of the minor prophets collected you know hosea joel amos obadiah habakkuk nahum those guys they're all from near the end of our old testament but Isaiah, he's the big guy in the Jewish prophet world. I mean, he's big. And they know the book of Isaiah. Why do they know that book so well, do you think? If you want to have a title called Pharisee of Pharisees, there's one guy we have in the New Testament has actually had that moniker. Saul, he got his name changed to Paul. And to get the moniker Pharisee of Pharisees, 
kind of like getting your doctorate in theology. But as part of your doctorate in theology, back in their day, they didn't have copy machines. So guess what you had to write out by hand? Every jot, every tittle. And if you wanted the title, Pharisee of Pharisee, guess which book you had to write out? By hand and memorize. Isaiah. The whole scroll. And you were tested on it. And you had to have your own personal copy with no mistakes. If you got almost to the end and you messed up one letter, guess what you got to do? Tear it up and start over. Now, Paul says he had this title, Pharisee of Pharisees. But to someone who's a Jew, you know, when you're just trying to share with your Jewish friend, you're wondering, what's the big deal? Why does the New Testament start with the Gospel of Matthew? And it sounds kind of like a Jewish slanted book. It's because these guys are waiting for a promise that God repeated over and over and over. And Matthew says, and here it is, the fulfillment of the promise. Is it good to have a promise fulfilled? Now this, what we studied this morning from Matthew's gospel, this is God fulfilling his promise. Is it a big deal? In the spiritual realm, you know, in the broad storyline of redemption of God saving the world oh yeah this is like the ultimate big promise coming through the pipe right here this is the promise he made over repeated over and over he he said I made it to Abraham to Isaac to Jacob or Israel and then to, down to his son to Judah and to David and he repeated this promise because he didn't want them to miss out and then here what we looked at in Isaiah even to the king, Ahaz. Look, I'm going to make sure you know it's me. I'm going to make a virgin to bear a son. And you will call him Emmanuel, God with us. When Jesus was on the earth, when he's older, they'll say to him, his own disciples, just show us the Father, it'll suffice. And his answer will be, have I been with you so long a time? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I came to show you the Father. That's what I came for. Emmanuel is a little hint. Somebody should have been reading their book of Isaiah. God with us. He is God with us. And that's such an important thing that we remember at this time of year. We remember Jesus came to be God with us. You know, you might have friends that have an objection to your faith. They're like, you Christians, you're just a bunch of weak wussies. You, you're always needing a crutch. That religious stuff, that's just your crutch. I said, listen, a dead man doesn't need a crutch. He tells them, listen, guys, they, they're like saying, show us God. And he says, listen, I'm here. I am. Before Abraham was, he said, I am. When he said that, they took up stones to stone and they said, you're calling yourself God. Because the Bible says before I was follower of Jesus, I was dead in my trespasses. Christ came in and caused me to be born again, anew in the spirit. I have newness of life now because of Jesus. Dead men don't need crutches. They need a stretcher. They need someone to drag the stretcher over to the guy who can resurrect them. And that's the guy I'm telling you about. Jesus is not a crutch. Jesus is the one that gives us life everlasting. And he came to forgive us of our sins. And what a glorious thing we get to share. But you have friends that might be saying, you're just a wimp. 
and you believe this stuff, and what's the big deal? The big deal is, do we need our sins forgiven? Yeah. Now, how'd you like to be Joseph? All of a sudden you realize, my wife, my betrothed woman here, my wife, Mary, who I haven't had relations with, is going to have a boy. It's the son of God. And I get to raise him. I'm no pressure, right? It says Joseph did as he was commanded. Talk about a righteous guy. He listened to that angel. I salute Joseph. I think he's an awesome guy in the Bible because he took that responsibility. It says he kept her a virgin. I want to point this out. Verse 25. He kept her a virgin, it says, until she gave birth to a son. And that boy, he called his name Jesus. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the big island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.
did it all just for 